You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Clayborn. Hey. And joining us this week, very special guest, Mark Medina is back. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back, Mark. Thanks. We've got a great show for you this week. So much to talk about. Big, big news week. Uh, we're going to talk about, man, two big delays for Microsoft, leaving Microsoft with absolutely nothing planned for release this year at the moment. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what EA has planned for next year and one of their big games that I'm be- I've been very much looking forward to. Just got a release date, but first, let's begin with Gotham Knights, which got a new gameplay trailer, trailer this week, and the news that its last-gen versions have been canceled, so no longer coming to PS4 and Xbox One, and people seem to be kind of okay with it, at least on IGN, the comments were, were like, Cool. Sounds good. Some people were even like applauding the decision. Like, finally, it's it's about time we move on to next gen. So uh, it'll be coming October 25th for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. What do we think? Is it is it time? Is it time to abandon the last gen consoles and to move into true current gen? Tina. Uh- Well, we're in like a very special situation where we're all prepared for that, but Mm. not everybody might have upgraded their consoles. Some people, I imagine, maybe didn't get the last generation of consoles until a significant price drop. So uh, I I just assume that people who haven't been anxiously trying to get the new consoles are are less concerned about it. Aside Mm. from, of course, those who just like just physically have not been able to purchase one. So Mm. there's definitely still that side of things. But from what we know, it's still easier to get um, an Xbox series versus a PS five. So there's still an option for it and it doesn't leave people hanging. Mm-hmm. I think people are a little bit burnt out 
um, or burned from the cyberpunk 2077 situation. So if this is what it takes to kind of streamline uh, how games are being built these days and do a little bit of quality control and make sure that the experience is reliable for everybody on the platforms that it is available. That's definitely a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Go, Go ahead, Sam. Nope. Okay, well, I, yeah. I would like to see it manifest in like a really next gen looking game. Like, oh, the extra mm. resources went into like a crazy cool looking game. And like, that's not really where this game is at. Now, I I go back and forth on like, I think the game will probably be fun and I can caveat that later. Um, but, um, it, you know, like I, I think like the free flying aspect of it and the way the characters are moving through the city, like that's pretty next gen. Although I think games could have done that last gen. Um, but it's, it's always impressive with the draw distances and stuff that you see now. So it's just, I don't know. I just like, I, I was hoping for like more of a, uh, a glorious leap by the time mm. we had had next gen exclusives, mm. but you know, I'm, I, 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 I see this points all stand for that. I just want to make a separate point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's kind of anticlimactic. Like, yeah, this was this would be mm-hmm. easier. Not like this is clearly a game that could only function on the next generation of consoles. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I think Rift Apart was like a better like showcase of like this is next gen because it has to be. And so for this one, this is weird because Rift Apart was always going to be next gen. So for this one to be like, this is the game that like we just can't make a last gen version of. Like, I if they would have been like, hey, God of War Ragnarok, we decided to cut the PS4 version. It's just too pretty of a game. I think they would I think there would be like a celebration. But like for this one, you're like, <laughs> this game doesn't look that much better than 2015's Arkham Knight so it's like it's kind of strange mm-hmm. that it's like this is the game that's like getting that treatment but it could be cool I, I want to mention I was just at a Target two hours ago and there was a pallet of PS5s and I'm like what is happening and they're like Whoa. sorry you can't buy them they're already reserved oh. but basically <laughs> what happened was uh, they got them in stock they got 20 20- one ps fives in stock and then everybody just did the order pickups yep. so they were in the store that's the first time i've ever seen a ps5 in the store wow uh i just couldn't buy them because everybody had done the little yeah. like thing on their phone and reserved them already but if they hadn't done that there would have been 21 ps fives in stock at my target which is insane but also to tina's point there was tons of series s's Right. So like if you cannot find these, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure you can find a Series X pretty easily now. Um, but if you needed to play this game, Series S is like readily available now. And there I presume was, there was tons PC, it's going to be cool on, right? Mm hmm. No. It's interesting. You mentioned they didn't want to, you know, have a, a cyberpunk situation. Cyberpunk came out in December of 2020. So I just feel like they had a lot of time. <laughs> where they you know that they could have like decided to move this game to next gen rather than wait till six months before release so i, I just wonder if that's really the reason or not i don't know mm-hmm. yeah that's true i mean for, you know we're seeing to to your uh run a show lineup point earlier damon like we're seeing lots of delays we're, we're kind of feeling like the impact of the pandemic i know people are frustrated about hearing that as like a quote-unquote excuse but you know that is the reality of mm-hmm. development for two years you know work in a working from home capacity where everyone's still struggling to figure stuff out there are still tons of shortages that are impacting frankly every industry so this is just how it's reflected from the games industry for how things are struggling now we don't have the inside scoop on exactly what the reason was for for dropping those um those platforms but it does seem like the general trend is it's difficult 
to be developing across generations. And the industry in general is very difficult with crunch in those kinds of conditions. So where you can make your cuts and still appease your audience, still deliver something of quality, why not kind of do something like that if you're not going to be ostracizing a lot of your audience? And I think, right. what are we, two years into the, are we two years into the next generation of consoles? So that, two, at that point, half years, 1.5 yeah. now, we're almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into the period of time where, uh, aside from some of the shortages on the hardware side, uh, we're getting into the period of time where people who are excited about these games and these experiences, they're they're the ones who are hustling over to try to get the, their hands on those consoles and should be accessible on that level, too. Do you think making an announcement like this, uh, canceling the last gen versions so they can focus on the next, quote unquote, next gen versions, current gen versions, do you think that sort of puts more pressure on Warner Brothers because now there'll be even more scrutiny on the titles? People will be like, let's see if this looks really next gen now that it's not being held back. Right. I mean, it's at the very least got to be polished. Like it yeah. can't be a giant buggy mess. Not that any game ships like super perfect. There's always going to be patches and adjustments, um, but it's, it can't be a cyberpunk 2077 launch oh, yeah. situation for sure. Yeah. Unless there is like a entire B or C team working on those versions. I presume these resources go back into polishing this game and getting it out this fall, which is like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Like, let's do that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good choice, you know? At, le- mm-hmm. at least there's something coming out this fall. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I, we know one game. I would let you make that a great transition to the next topic, but I got to talk about the game a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, how are we feeling about yeah. Gotham Knights in general? Yeah, so. I think, so I I really, listeners will know this already, I really like Arkham Asylum. I, I didn't like mm-hmm. the sequels that much, even the second one, which I think is a lot of people's favorite game. I like the, the containment of Batman on the Arkham Asylum Island and how that made it a, you know, a Metroid game. That was really cool. I think that worked a little bit in Gotham, but there's just a lot of like, you know, like invisible walls and and flying around and stuff that was like, it was more like an open world game, like a GTA. And I want to make that distinction. Like those are two types of games that people like a lot. So more power to you to like those games. I like Metroid games more. And I thought Batman Arkham Asylum was special for that reason. Now I think that, you know, people basically that are like those two sequel games, that's what, that's why this game exists is because they went that direction, right? They're not going to pull it back. They're doing bigger, more characters, more traversal, more combat. And, you know, that's potentially, uh, you know, in balance with puzzles and stealth and stuff. We saw a little bit of mm-hmm. that, but I really like that stuff. I really want to like crouch above, uh, you know, the rafters mm-hmm. as I guess Batgirl in this and prowl around and, and, and do stuff like that. So it, it remains to be seen because we've seen a lot of action and traversal. Yeah. We'll see what else mm-hmm. is in there. Yeah, the, like the yeah. action, the combat looks good, but they, the game is being built for co-op now. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for, you know, the, the previous sort of stealth elements of these games. Oh, I mean, you take out like, like so many stealth games where like you take out the guy on the left and I'll take out the guy on the right. I actually love that. And it that plays cool. out really cool, too. Yeah, you feel like really um, SWAT levels of just like expertise in, in terms of taking down people level by level. Uh, and more generally speaking, like, yeah, I'm really curious about the story. I think that's going to substantiate a lot of it because on first on first brush, I'm kind of thinking, all right, it looks like a really pretty Batman game like the Arkham series. It's very similar in that sense. And there's some uh, some like uh, shots that are really beautiful, like th- they do look a little bit more next gen, at least relatively speaking. There's a little bit more um, variety in lighting and some color. Um, but I, I think it's exciting that 
there's a little bit more crossover in the comic book world in terms of what we're seeing in games and what we're seeing in movies and TV shows. If you didn't grow up with comics, like I really like comics, but I've read certain comics. I don't have a lot of exposure to a ton of them. So I feel like for me and for people like me, it's a good exposure to some of the that lore. So the fact that we're going to be diving into the court of um, owls and, and yeah. kind of exploring that and get exposure to that, like that's really enticing. So I hope the story is as good as that like stealth takedown um, and then other types of combat that we've gotten really familiar with in the Arkham series. Mark, I, Mark, how you I feel about Gotham Knights? I don't want to go against the grain too much. <laughs> and they still have six, six months to, to pull together. I was watching the gameplay and I was like, I don't know. This doesn't look that fun, to be honest with you. Like, it looks a little like it looks it looks very unpolished, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of talk like the the guy who was playing the game, like whoever captured this footage, just like made a lot of mistakes. Like he gets hit a lot. And uh, like those bombs you know, coming off is, the car. Yeah. Like when he's doing the he's motorcycle sequence, the bombs? that that dude takes every <laughs> single hit. <laughs> um so I, I was like, huh? And I, I went to the I did a little confirmation bias and I went to the YouTube comments and it was like, that's all the comments were like, woo, this looking a little rough. Right. Um, and it makes me think maybe they cancel the old gen versions because this is the PS5 version. And they're like, yo, if this is looking rough on PS5, y'all don't even want to see the PS4 version, mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened with Cyberpunk. Right. Like we discovered that the only version of that game we had ever seen was the PC version, because mm-hmm. once we got the, the, the console versions, man, they were not good. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think uh, <laughs> I think this game would have to do a little bit more to sell me on it. And it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it got delayed. <laughs> it's a look. It, it looks a little rough. In a world where delays happen every week, I think this is a prime <laughs> candidate for that, even though it's already been delayed before. Uh, you know. Do we think it's a little weird that they're making a Batman game without Batman? Well, I just hope so. Like, you know, Batman's the world's greatest detective. Yeah. As I keep saying, like the detective stuff is really important to me and cool. Um, I hope that girl plays like that character and has, mm. you know, a, a, maybe a different version of detective vision and, you know, like you kind of can do all the stealth thing and the same moves and stuff, because that would feel great. I don't mm-hmm. care about playing as Batman specifically, if that's the case, um, the character that like has magic double jump. Like I, that's just not for me. Like it just seems strange, but I also like the court of owls, the stuff that Tino's talking about. I'm curious about the characters. They're all like based on characters that I do know from deep cut Batman stuff from like the nineties and early two thousand stuff, but like barely. And then like, um, yeah. And then the other character they showed is, you know, uh, is a dark wing. Is that who they had in there? It was like a, you know, a version of Robin and, uh, he, he, uh, uh well, I think they all are, um, he, uh, Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah. Nightwing, yeah. yeah. He, he had the, like the batons like that. That's all kind of silly to me, but what, what really turned me off about that character, both characters is that, so the, but night, uh, uh, Nightwing uh, skates back and forth between yeah. enemies, and it looks a little silly. And then, uh, what's I don't know what the other guy's name is. Uh, the, the magic guy, he was just shooting people, and it's like <laughs> yeah. neither of these are like the mm. WB combat that I mm. know very well. So, like, it could be interesting to learn new skills, but also just looks goofy to me. Just you know, like, and sometimes Batman looks goofy. Sometimes Batman does that little roller skating mm. thing too. You know, it's not mm-hmm. perfect. But. 
They also alluded to Batman a little bit, um, at least as far as the the narrative goes. But I do wonder, like, are they going to do flashbacks? Is there going to be like a special fun scene where you do do a flashback and you're in Batman's shoes at some point of time? Like, it could be an interesting incorporation of him because he's uh, definitely an, an interesting, like, cornerstone character of this series. So it would I, I would expect at least some references. <sighs> Well, Gotham Knights coming October 25th is now the latest game with the game with the latest release date that we know about. Oh, mm. interesting. It's coming a week after Forspoken. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing currently planned after that at this point. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Yeah, that takes us brings us to our second topic. Both Starfield and Redfall delayed. I cannot I, personally. I'm shocked about Starfield because they planted their flag in the sand last summer mm-hmm. at E3. They had such a nice little date, 11 11 22. They're giving up that date. They're giving up right? 11 11 22. Yeah, but nobody's going to remember the date, and everyone's going to remember <laughs> the condition of the game that it launched in. Well, sure. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I just I. I would imagine that that must have been something that is the decision whether or not to delay this game and give up that date must have been something that they agonized over. Mm-hmm. But they just mm-hmm. the news is just like on a, a a tiny little text image that they tweeted out, you know, just white text on black, just like ah, oh, they've been delayed. You know that it just seems like I don't know. I just imagine it's behind all, the scenes it was a much bigger deal than. Damn, I'm sure. I just want to point out it's Hogwarts Legacy that has a holiday 2022 mm-hmm. release date. I thought which, that's what you might be thinking of. Mm. Hogwarts Legacy. And then there's Stalker holiday. 2 in December. Ooh. Come on, guys. I think it got delayed. I don't think it's December it's anymore. Stalker 2? Yeah, it got delayed yeah. into next year. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. shoot. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I yeah. I think I think the Starfield thing. I think it's like the the classic undersell oversell type of deal, right? It's surprised that they are doing it a month out. Maybe they really want people to just have that news and like a month out from what? A month. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna get there. My bad. So it's a month <laughs> out from their big Starfield showcase, right? Like we're. It's sad that the game got delayed, but we are exactly one month out from 
the big reveal, right? We're finally going to see gameplay and we're finally, it, it, we assume, right? Like yeah. their Xbox showcase is the Xbox Bethesda showcase with the Xbox logo as like the Starfield style, right? So we're presumably going to get the big blowout for that game. And so it's like, it's kind of one of those things where I, I'm sure it was like, hey, we have to let people know we're delaying this. How long do we wait until the big showcase before we do that it's you know because you don't want to do it like a week before because then it's like the news is still too new by the time the showcase comes out people are well in the uh, idea that this game is not coming out this year but are just excited to see it is the language on this one a first half of 2023 is that what it was or is it i think so i think it's Um, the first half of 23 okay i'll accept january 1st (laughs) (laughs) sure Get delayed a month. <laughs> no, I think we're in for another hell February. Like you got Starfield, mm-hmm. you have Breath of the Wild two. I'm still not convinced God of War Ragnarok's coming out. Although, like, mm-hmm. I can picture that as a spring game. Although, well, Dead Space be, is end of January now, right? And Dead Space, right? It would be a baller move for PlayStation to be like God of War Ragnarok eleven eleven twenty. That is a good point, though. Like February in the last few years has just become such a booming month. Like it used to be a seasonal release thing where like, oh, people want to target like closer to the holidays for their reasons, you know, those obvious sales reasons. And um, now it's just all year round or not at all in the year in this year. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Remember remember when we all thought twenty twenty two was going to be just an amazing year for gaming. Yeah, there's so many sure games there are episodes out. of Scoop like yeah. entirely around just that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another another what 2011, another 2007. Yeah, mm. that's because it's followed. That's there's a pattern, right? Where it's like that second year after the the uh, consoles coming mm. out and third year are really good. You know, those are really good next gen years, but everything's just messed up. All the reasons we get like, yeah, guys, 2023 is going to be <laughs> stacked. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, now we're just jinxing it. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, we have companies have to put out something in the fall. So it's like, well, there has yeah. to be yeah. summer announcements and Nintendo will mm-hmm. have something. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're headed into a heavy news season. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm well aware, you know, Xbox's showcase is coming up in what a month now. A month. Yeah. But like as of right now, Xbox has no release, no first party release scheduled for the year of 2022. Yeah, I would accept Halo 3 remake for this fall. That would be fun. <laughs> Isn't that in the Master the big, Collection? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the big, no, the big Microsoft up. release. They is never, they, be... They've done remakes of 1 and 2, but they haven't done 3 yet. Mm-hmm. It's just nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 3 would be an amazing next-gen you know, reboot. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's the Halo Infinite co-op. That's the big AAA release this year. Thank that you. was supposed yeah. to be the spring. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Wait, so is Crossfire X first party? That that would be their big. Oh What's no! Cross, well, I, I don't remember what that is. No, it was a shooting game that got like a two. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. crazy. We'll Red, Redfall didn't surprise me because we haven't heard anything about that game since last mm-hmm. year. But they've been mm-hmm. like doling out little bits of info about Starfield, or you know, yeah. pretty regularly, and the fact that they like came out more a year and a half ahead of time planting their flag in the sand for this date i just i can't believe they ended up delaying it it's insane i think redfall i was expecting that to not be delayed only because it could be released as like this is the beta that's out here's you know the first couple of levels like it's that type of game that can come as opposed to like a giant single player rpg 
Oh, you I, think so? No, I thought I'm thinking it's like a Borderlands style game. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I thought it was kind of Left for Daddy. Yeah, I think I it's know. Left for Daddy. Left for Daddy. <laughs> that genre. It's a Left for Dead. You know, that old Left for Dead like. <laughs> left for Dead like. Um, we have a, an email on the topic from Willie, who writes in to ask: Do release dates and games mean anything anymore? Should everyone just do what Nintendo is doing? Only give a release date two months before when they are sure about it. That'd be nice. I mean, that's for such us. a. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's such a you know marketing call, right? Because theoretically, it does give you a breathing room if you're not married to a specific date, and then you don't have to delay it. You don't have to go through that whole news cycle. But then you know, there's there's other considerations. Like obviously, pre-orders are a metric yep. that people are looking at, so they need to bank in a date, and they need to um, bank in like excitement and trailers associated with that, and constantly push that date and make sure it's on people's calendars and on people's radars. Um, honestly, even for ourselves, like we do a format called the final preview, and part of the reason why that I think my theory is the reason why that's appealing to our audience is because it's also a signal to them, like, hey, this is the last time you're going to see something significant about this game before it comes out. And that helps people's purchasing decision when they get an opportunity like, oh, this game is coming out in a month. This is the last preview. This is the last like gameplay trailer drop. The next thing I'm going to see is the review. And maybe they, you know, maybe some people are waiting for the review to help make their purchasing decisions. And for other people, they want to get a little bit of a head start on on mapping out what they want to spend their, you know, possibly limited funds on across the year. So there's a lot of different things that go into the calculations of that. And I imagine there are different departments that are vying for, uh, you know, push the date versus not. I imagine developers prefer not to push the date, but, you know, their marketing team might. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-orders are a big consideration still. And then I I imagine also retail partners, you know, in order to get their games in store, they probably need more than a couple months to get them into all of the targets and, and Best Buys and everything and Amazon. And if you did that behind the scenes, it would just leak. So, which also mm. happens a lot all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think it's a safe bet to just be like, we're gonna wait until a month before. But I think that's a unrealistic thing. Are we gonna talk about the fact that Bullet Train got delayed? That was that was the sadder news of. Uh, I'm really excited for that movie. <laughs> we usually save extracurricular activities for the end if we have time, Mark. <laughs> After the credits have rolled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the other thing about release dates is that any any like big publisher, they don't want they don't want to share their release window with any similar game. Mm-hmm. I, they don't want to have mm-hmm. another Horizon situation on their hands. So, yeah. so a game that's as big as Starfield, Xbox, Bethesda, they want to like, you know, reserve their release date ahead of time so that no one else wants to even get close to them. Of course, now that now 11/11/22 is up for grabs. We should take it. We should. <laughs> Let's really let's do episode seven hundred on eleven eleven twenty-two. We should have I mean, saved Game Scoop six six six. We should we can just do it again. We, can just we do make it, again? it up as we go. Yeah. That's true. No, nobody <laughs> there are cares. no rules. Yeah. We, can just, we can just do it again. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some EA news. EA is teasing four games it's releasing in twenty twenty three, which include a new remake. Apparently not Dead Space and a yeah. major IP. And we did just find out today that Dead Space is coming January 27th. Mm-hmm. That'll be a great little birthday present for me. Very excited for that. Aw. Uh, my birthday's the 26th. Um, but I wonder what this other what the other games could be. The next four months uh, from EA, we're gonna get F1 22, FIFA, Madden, and Need for Speed and NHL this year. So not really things that are exciting to me personally. 
But in Q4, uh, their Q4, their fiscal Q4, which is mm-hmm. January of March next year, they've got this major IP, a partner title, a remake, and a sports game. So I don't know if it's not if, if they're if an, a remake from EA is isn't the Dead Space we already know about. What could that be? I mean, the exciting options are all Bioware games, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, okay. So here's the weird one. <laughs> In 2019, EA did re-up the trademark for Jade Empire. <laughs> but who cares about Jade Empire today is the question, right? Well, versus Mass Effect or something, right? Actually, our commenters, I, I was looking at our comments to see um, what our community was, was uh, most mm-hmm. excited about. I saw a lot of people talking about Jade Empire. I think, you know, mm. gamers of a certain age probably have some fond <laughs> memories of Jade Empire, but I, you know, I, um, it's not a heavy hitter today in mm-hmm. 2022, I don't think. And they're not referring to KOTOR? Well, because KOTOR is going to come from Aspire and Embracer. Yeah, yeah. and mm. we also assume that it's nothing that's been announced either. I mean, they said, I they, think they said somewhere specifically. They said, mm. yeah, exactly that. Yeah, there you go. And as we all know, there's not a lot of other EA Star Wars games. I assume the partner title could be. Right, a new Jedi game. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Jedi, the next one. Although I ever. suppose that's announced. That's officially well, announced. That's not official. It's not? No. We're just assuming. Hmm. What what is it? We're assuming Jedi. the next Jedi Fallen Order game. It's it's that's, been announced that announced. they're making it, but like they haven't like unveiled. Right. Here, yeah. Here's the official title. Right. Here's yeah, what yeah. it's all about. So the, that so could that be could the timing be the, of it. That could mm-hmm. be that game because uh, a lot of people are thinking that's going to get announced in a couple of weeks at Star Wars Celebration. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the, yeah. It's hard to see think about what counts already and it's like you know but i think the the cool thing is that ea has some games to announce like when is that going to happen is that going to happen in this summer window and i hope it does Remakes, have they though, said if they're doing their ea play thing they're like normal e3 but not e3 thing i think they've said they are not doing it right that's what's weird huh hmm. is mirror's edge an ea game they could remake it is an ea game i don't yeah. know why they would remake it the <laughs> sequel remake, was like yeah. man <laughs> Yeah, that's another. That was another Xbox game. I just want more Anthem. Just me. Just make it. Just oh my me. gosh, that is insane! <laughs> I like Anthem. <laughs> they well, did not. They did that game dirty. Mark also likes Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, great game! I haven't played it. <laughs> Fantastic. Wasn't that I the only... first? Mm. I was just gonna say I've seen a lot of people kind of coming around on that game. Like I played it yeah. when it was very buggy, and then I think some people who picked up on it. It's probably the same cyberpunk kind of conversation too like you either played it in a good condition or not and that's kind of your memory of it but i've seen weirdly recently people talking about andromeda maybe because of this conversation about theoretically what could it be because we know there's another mass effect game coming we know there's another dragon age coming we know there's plenty of bioware yeah yep an early dragon age would be an interesting remake Uh, yeah i think it'll be something (laughs) damn i think uh (laughs) It was a visceral reaction. I think uh, like smaller games are what we should expect because these giant games with giant development cycles are probably difficult to remake yeah. versus smaller games. So maybe it'll be, you know, like well, Madden 92. I wonder if they would <laughs> remake an SSX with like the Tony Hawk mm-hmm. back package. Because that was, yeah. you know, everyone loved the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remake. That's what I thought the sports title would be. That counts as sports, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but, it, sports. but it's also a remake. 
you know, unless it's a new SSX, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and I also think they have their college football game that's announced that a lot of people think maybe that's what the sports title yeah. is. True, true. Mm. The other one for the major IP could be they announced Skate Four, right? Yeah. I think two yeah. summers yep. ago. Also, then, very unceremoniously, though, it was literally just like yeah. Skate yeah. Four, and that's it. It was it was a dude at his desk being like, "Yeah, we're yeah. making it. We're it's making happening. that game. It's a thing." Yeah. <laughs> and there I mean, to a... be fair, they've been hounded about that series, and I yeah. forget there was. Mm. Oh yeah, there was a for, now former EA representative who was on Twitter and just said Skate and. Literally, everybody blew up thinking, you know, this is clearly a tease and an or a form of an announcement a, mm. or an announcement to an announcement. Uh, mm. So I think the pressure was on them to say something about it being in development. Skate is an open world skating game that will take a very long time to make. So I wouldn't get our hopes up of that coming out early I mean, next year. OK, yeah. but it, it was announced a very long time ago. So very long yeah. time ago. That was like it was two, like, two, two years two ago. Years summers yeah. ago. Yeah. 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 Long How long man. do you think long it takes to make games, Simon? <laughs> Five Breath- years. Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed for longer than that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, at least we know Dead Space is coming January 27th. Man, that's a Friday. I'm just going to take that day off. Nice. Gonna play, I'm just going to play Dead Space. Uh, I'm, we're also excited for Dead Space. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, have you played Dead Space? No. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if I should say it or not. I've never played Dead Space. Oh, so This is a good opportunity. Interesting. Yeah, honestly, yeah. all the better. Yeah. I'm I'm jealous you get to experience it for the first time. Yeah, I, I've never played KOTOR either, so I'm like, well, I might as well yeah. just you know wait. Yeah, for, yeah, just wait for that. Definitely. Okay, let's turn our sights to Nintendo. Nintendo says it wants to avoid a repeat of the Wii U with. The Switch's successor. We've been talking for a long time about, you know, when, when is this, when's the next Switch coming, the Switch Pro, whatever it is. Uh, and it, I mean, we, we're talking, it feels like two years at least we've been talking about this and there's been nothing. There's the OLED, that's not the same thing. Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa said recently, uh, I assume this is in the earnings call where we found out that they also have sold, what, 107.6 million Switch units? It's about 10, it's about 10 million units behind oh. the PlayStation 4. Not bad. Uh, he said, unlike the past, we continue to have a large variety of games scheduled to be released, even beyond five years of release. Um, this is because the Nintendo Switch has had such a smooth launch, allowing us to focus all of our development resources on a single platform. However, the question of whether we will be able to just as smoothly transition from the Nintendo Switch to the next generation of hardware is a major concern for us. I like that. It's a major concern. Based on our experiences with the Wii, Nintendo DS and other hardware, it is very clear that one of the major obstacles is how to easily transition from one hardware to the next. To to help alleviate this risk, we're focusing on building long-term relationships with our customers. While we will continue launching new software on the Switch, we will also provide services that also use Nintendo accounts and other IP outside of gaming software. We intend for this to help build a lasting impact with our customers. Talk about what that second part means in a second. That's confusing to me, but... There, how how to get how to move people from the switch to whatever the next one is is a major concern for, concern for them. Um, there are what one of the major obstacles of you know is how to easily transition from one hardware to the next. So what I think this, the situation that Nintendo finds themselves in very similar to the Wii is that the Switch has a very large casual audience, and I don't mean that you know in a negative way. That, that's just an I think that's a fairly accurate description for a lot of people that like to play games, but you know 
don't need to play their Nintendo Switch in Tate mode so they can play every hardcore bullet hell shooter from the 90s that they love, like some people. <laughs> yeah, damn. And, and those types of gamers are probably perfectly happy with their Switch. And, you know, they don't, they don't need to plunk another several hundred dollars down for another console, right? So it's like Nintendo's in the situation where they're enjoying this great success with the Switch, but they're like, man, how do we... How do, if we introduce a new one now, our hardcore fans are going to rush out and buy it, but not that more casual audience. And now we're back in the same situation where we've got to support two platforms, right? And then what do we do with Breath of the Wild 2? Like, is it going to both systems? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a, a tough spot that they find themselves in. I think the one benefit for them with the Switch that's unique to the other consoles uh, is that a lot of households have multiple Switches. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, people with kids that want don't want their kids fighting over the Switch who... Um, may have may, maybe they already do have those multiple switches and they don't have a need for another one. Mm-hmm. But if they were kind of on the fence considering it, uh, that might be a way of kind of maintaining that household that like, you know, kind of more casual household audience um, and maintaining them as part of their their customer base. Mm-hmm. If there's the the appeal to just continue to, to get um, new more switches. Uh, and then, of course, they, they have to make sure they get the naming right. So my suggestion is you call it switch Two. But then in parentheses right next to it, you say this one. What? Switch to this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's definitely going to work. It's perfect. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so the Because they got to no do longer. the cute, goofy names, but you still got to get it across that this is the upgraded version. So switch mm-hmm. to this one. So it, the switch is no longer moving from handheld to docked mode. It's switching to your new switch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what uh, it is. It's been since, you know, 1990 that Nintendo has had a single system out there to support. Which is insane, right? right? You mean you mean it hasn't mm. been since 1990? Yes, it, yeah, it's been you know, 40 years or 30 years, which is insane yeah. to think about, right? So it's like they they've always had to they've always had this 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 handheld that's basically cross generational for their uh, consoles. So you know, and a lot of their casual audience ended up on those handhelds mm-hmm. until the Wii. The Wii was a weird situation yep. where they had a home system, and then so uh, it was really hard to follow. But I think an interesting takeaway that Nintendo seems to be making from the Wii U is that it happened too soon. And that was the problem with it, all right? That, that's what? what they're saying the problem was, is that the switch to Wii U happened too soon. Uh, they should have stuck with the Wii for longer. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to do with the switch. So, like, for people like us, we're like, that's ridiculous. There's other things wrong with the Wii U. And I know Nintendo knows that, but like there wasn't, I was actually ready to move on from the Wii. Like I just was right. I, I, games were looking really good in other systems by that point, and, and it was time. Um, so this, the solution, you know, that, that one would hope Nintendo would look at would be what the consoles did last generation that weren't them. They would do a, a 1.5 system, which mm-hmm. plays the old games, right? Because then you do a, a graphics mode update for some games and, and, and stuff like that. Right. I mean, that's the type of like extra development that can also sell new systems that doesn't, you know, require that a bunch of people buy the new system. And that's what we just talked about for Batman. Like it lasts, <laughs> it, it works for a while and buy them a couple yeah. years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I honestly, I think they're just in the same situation that literally every console makers in, right? Like they're, I mean, they have to stay handheld, right? That's their thing now. I don't know if they can just, I don't know if the follow up to the switch can just be a regular console. You just plug in like 
most people are going to just be like, well, I'm just going to stick with my switch then uh, because I can take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I think at the end of the day, they just kind of boiled down to the same problem every console manufacturer has, which is we have this huge install base. How do we make the new thing and bring everybody with us? And the answer is you can't <laughs> like that's just not a thing. You put out the new console and then you just have to build the new fan base like it's it's a problem that it seems like they're kind of making a big deal out of but it's a problem that every console manufacturer has had since the beginning of time which it is, is different for nintendo this, this time and they have a lot of games coming out still whereas other yeah. systems got fewer mm-hmm. and fewer games and it was like why do i have a gamecube it's completely mm-hmm. yeah. crazy yeah so it's and cool it's, that they have that yeah, and it's smart that they led with that because that's been the conversation for the past few mm-hmm. weeks, like Nintendo's lineup. I think it's smart that they packaged this news with that because um, the indication and, you know, part of the reason that um, that uh, the we yes, we did so uh, well in its in its early it was the pack ins. And so if you have a specific cause for people and that was also what hit like a more mainstream casual audience, too, is like the Wii Sports series or I suppose the Wii series um, mm-hmm. as we know it to be. Uh, so yeah, that, that's gotta be the incentive, um, for people to, to switch over. If there's something that to, to switch over to that one is, uh, that they need to kind of get the understanding that there's some sort of upgraded elements and you can only experience these particular packings, whatever they might be with this new, um, hardware edition. And I imagine, you know, like retailers will have, uh, sell back options where you can, you know, turn in a, an old switch for a switch two, and mm-hmm. depending on, you know, what programs there are available for that, you can kind of generate, um, hype and excitement for people wanting to make the transition to a new console. Mm-hmm. People are going to be saying, did you get that new switch to this one? Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue so well. <laughs> you shouldn't do their job for them, Tina. It's in kids, kids sitting on Santa's lap. Santa, what, do you, what would you like for Christmas? I want to switch to this one. Um, uh, There's two Santas there. He switches the other one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you think these quotes saying that, you know, how to transition to the next switch is a major concern uh, and how to get their large audience to come with them? This, does the fact that he's openly talking about this tell us that this, the next switch is still a long ways off? Yeah, but well, they would right. they would deflect anyway. Like that's right. they, they're always right. they, they never yeah. show their hand. Yeah, they did speak to it also, a little bit. There was a quote about you know this has given us the range to be already be thinking about the next console, and obviously that's going to be part of the brainstorming process. No matter what, I imagine the second they're launching one hardware, they're already thinking about what the future yep. could be, what mm-hmm. the next upgrades are. So there's yep. certainly that going on that they spoke to directly. Yeah, I don't have the article in front of me because I'm on a podcast, but I didn't, they say that they were having troubles with breath of the wild Two running on switch. Like, didn't they allude no, to that? That, that was, it was like, it was like a, 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 somebody analyzing the switch footage and, and yeah. saying hmm. that it, that was, I think digital didn't foundry. Look like it. Mm, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, so uh, I also wanted to point out that like what Nintendo's saying here is really strange in the sense that they're only talking about their own games and the, their own development process for the system. Whereas like one thing that will push them to a next gen platform is when a bunch of third parties are like, we don't want to put out games in your system anymore. So mm. you know, they will get passed by by third parties at some point. That's just the nature of things, too. Uh, yeah. Now, I will say there's a lot of leeway there. Just Dance came out for the Wii for years and years and years yeah. after the Wii went away. So there's absolutely certain types of third party support. But like Nintendo right now is like they're not getting Assassin's Creed. Like that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Like you would think that for a and couple getting of years. Alan Wake like that, though, right? That was yeah. the announcement. Yeah, today. the original Alan Wake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only a couple of years late. And they have some older Assassin's Creeds. Everybody has older Yeah, they, they like remade them all. <laughs> yeah, I have to assume a lot of third parties are kind of being like, yo, the, your system was underpowered in 2017 and now it's been five years. Like, I don't know how much longer we can do this. Like yeah. trying to get our games to work on. Well, and if WB is like, it's not worth it for us to, do, to develop for the PS4 and Xbox because it's just right. Like, we need those right. development That's a good resources. Point. Imagine porting mm-hmm. to the like right, porting to the Switch. Do you remember the the heyday of the Wii had ports, but some most of the time, not most of the time, some of the time they were a completely different game. Like Iron Man on 360 was kind of like a cool, sharp looking, flying game. On Wii, you were like a you know glorified Snickers bar, like shooting <laughs> like energy. It was like it was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, and I wrote the guide for both those games. <laughs> wow, amazing! <laughs> okay, let's check in with the listeners. Hi, listeners. Listeners, oh, wherever you get all hello, listeners. Us at the email address <laughs> gamescoop at ign.com. Just like Stan from Detroit did, and I want to acknowledge that. Yes, last week I said, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop. Just like blah 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 did. And I yeah, you also have to put the. At IGN <laughs> on the end of your email address. Anyway, Stan from Detroit says, Hi, Omega Cops. I'm thrilled to see that Dama is still enjoying Elden Ring so much on the second to last boss. Anyone's curious? I am nearing the 200 hour mark. This is Stan from ta- Stan talking now. I'm currently on New Game Plus and still having a blast. One of the most surprising things about the game to me is the map. From its design to how it expands as you find new areas, it's quite unique and provides its own sense of wonder and exploration. Its topography tells you a lot without giving everything away with map markers. I've spent hours combing over the map to find new areas and rarely have I been disappointed. I cannot recall ever enjoying looking at a video game map so much. This is easily my favorite video game map of all time. So my question is, what would the Scoop Crew say are some of the best video game maps? I have a list. Okay. Yay. Okay. All right. I'm going to go through a few here and they're all very different. And I love maps and I've made maps for my job four video games uh, by hand, and I've made them with games stitching together screenshots and, and all kinds of stuff. I, I really, really like them. So uh, let me start with a weird one, Mario World. So the uh, Mario World um, game map is a playable game map. Uh, so you are, are on a world map. That's not an, like an overworld per se. You kind of move around, but the map itself has secrets and really cool secrets and, and also transforms and kind of teases future areas and stuff like that. And it's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it just looks so cool, and it's a you know it gives you a sense of the world, the dinosaur islands. Um, so uh, uh, then also uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Metroid style maps in two ways. One is that um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night has an amazing map. Uh, it turns upside down, <laughs> which is incredible. The whole game map turns upside down. But I wanted to shout out specifically in that, and then I think Zero Mission or Super Metroid do this the best. Those types of maps, you run along the edge of the perimeter of the level constantly and try to break that and break out of it and find secrets and so you're always looking at the map you're like you're looking at the map as much as you're looking at you know the bats and medusas in the game right and 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 that you're rewarded for it because discovery of the map is a percentage and you can 100 percent it in castlevania's case in one version you can go over that percentage by breaking out of the map which is like a cool map they see strength yeah um and then uh i wanted to call out another metroid metroid prime Metroid Prime is uh, a, a, an early 
3D Metroid-like. It's actually a Metroid game. And its map is a 3D map that is fully rotatable. It's drawn in like kind of like vector line boxes with like shading and like it is overwhelming. Like you need, you know, dual analog sticks to like look at this thing and turn it around. And, and other games have this. I believe Jedi Fallen Order's map was, was similar. Um, and you just have to look at it and you have to turn it in front of you and see like, what is this like little spike sticking up the side? Well, that's a morph ball pipe you can roll into. And you can zoom in and out of it. You can look at, you know, different parts of it and be like, I bet there's something there. And uh, that is my list of uh, classic maps that are my favorite. And I will shout out once again, Tunic is a game about maps. It's a game about <laughs> in-game maps and paper maps. And you should all check it out. So rant over. Wasn't, wasn't Jedi Fallen Order because it's the three-dimensional, like you can move it and, mm-hmm. and actually see the dimensions in the map. Wasn't that like difficult from a guide's perspective just to kind of... It was yes, difficult it for was me to play. We talking about that. Yeah, I think it was difficult from a brain perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like something where like that that type of game, you know, it's like you can't really do like a top down map to it because you remember there's whole like parts of that where you drop so far into the ground and then like hop around platforms and come way back mm-hmm. up another area. So you really can't map it that way. So what you can do is position uh, it in a really great way and then draw like a little ribbon map line through it to show how your character gets through. And that's a whole nother type of mapping that I just adore. Mm-hmm. And imagine someday like being able to like get a 3D asset like that and then make a game map that like works in mm-hmm. your phone. Like that's the type of project I love. I love that's- the maps that are also um you can kind of see them like your character is looking at them. Like Far Cry 2 is like that. I think Dead Space, you can actually like maneuver around, which made it so much easier to like figure out what turns you needed to make. So you're like in-game, it's not the mini map, it's like a it still brings up the map. Um, in kind of an organic way where it feels like it ties into the rest of the visual experience mm-hmm. as opposed to like when you're going into your menus, I suppose that's like a little bit of a breaking of the fourth wall because you're like, yes, I'm playing a video game. I'm pulling up my menus as opposed totally. to I'm pulling up a physical map, which I think Firewatch is the same thing, too. There's like that. That's physical the game map I was going to. Nice. That's I stole the one it from I was you, gonna, Medina. <laughs> I was going to bring up Firewatch because that's how Firewatch Gina is. Won, is Gina won, so yeah, that's it. it. No, you take it away now, Mark. <laughs> well, then I have no answer to this question. <laughs> well, no, like, say, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Exactly what you're saying. Like, things like Firewatch, where it's like, in Firewatch, you can run and you'll kind of put the map down, but then he'll, like, kind of bring it up. Like, that kind of stuff is, like, really mm-hmm. cool because it's, yeah. like, gives you a more, a, a very, like, That's immersive game where, way where you, to actually Do you chart. hold it up in front of your face? Is that what it is mm-hmm. in that game? Yeah. It's like a physical map. Okay. It's like you can or he'll, like, kind of have it down. It, like, depends yeah, on like, to the doing. side a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. still playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So I wrote a list of like maps that I liked. And one of the ones that I wrote was not Borderlands because it can be very confusing, like twisting and turning. I've had to pull the map up and consult it many times while going from point A to point B. Like you still have a waypoint on the mini map. So there's a little bit of that, but there's just so much, so many, so many turning points. Um, although Tiny Tina's Wonderlands does have an overworld. So, and you switch back and forth between um, those environments, which is cool too. I want to yeah, give it. I was going to say. Borderlands is a lot like Jedi Fallen Order, where it is a very like digital, but kind of like 3D map that's like very hard to like navigate sometimes. I don't like maps that are for 3D games that are just 2D. So it's like I'm standing on this object, but it turns out it's in like a cave beneath it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's uh, Halo yeah. Infinite had some stuff like that. That's, and, like, mm-hmm. Technically, it's a puzzle clue and it's interesting. But yeah. It also drives me crazy. That's long been a problem with like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry games. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I want yeah. to shout out those games and Fallout for one funny mm-hmm. reason, and, and Witcher also, because the map screen is the map screen. They're they're generally functional and good. What I like is is the the simulation of the map screen in the bar at the top. That I believe I'm gonna put my fingers up where it goes. I believe uh, 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 Fallout invented it. Maybe Fallout Three. Like the compass but that shows their the direction. compass. Yeah, so it says north, mm-hmm. south, east, west, and then it has mm. a question mark on it. Right, you can put a waypoint, and you're like, I'm going to go explore, and you say, I'm going to go towards that waypoint, and then you realize, like, oh, I'm starting to pass by a little mm. question mark, and you're like, I'm going to go over to that question mark, and that gameplay loop is in so many games now, and I love it. I just, I just love it. I can't resist going and seeing, like, just uncovering that question mark and potentially just doing the whole side quest because I'm just there, mm-hmm. you know. That's just it's really appealing to me. And that's like that's all you would not see these things in the game because games aren't that good at that right now. You know, like some of the times it'll be like, oh, you see a trickle of smoke in the distance or an enemy walking or something. That's really cool. Like, I like that. But most of the time it's like you're just your eyes are just on that. compass. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, open world games in the future, because Elden Ring has been a huge uh, success and Sam, it has that Not compass that. at the top. It has that compass mm. at the top, but there are no question marks that appear. Yeah. So. <laughs> o- only the waypoints that you that set. you set. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Elden Ring is such a good map for like so many reasons. For one, the map itself is like a puzzle, right? You start to learn the map so much. Like you start to see, you're like, okay, you see the like little circle, and you're like, all right, there's there's those one of those like boss rooms right or like you see the like little purple crystal thingies and you're like that's one of those mines like it becomes Mm -hmm. this puzzle but not only that when you first enter limgrave the map is what it is right it's a full screen map of limgrave that you have to uncover but like there it is and then only until you visit other places does the map zoom out and now i've gotten so far in the game i i also haven't beaten it but i'm getting close uh, now I've gotten so far in the in the game that Limgrave is like just this tiny little square, right? And it's, it's that's not something you see very often, like right when you when you play Horizon Forbidden West. Once you're able to open the map, you see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just covered in smoke. So it's it's really cool with uh, Elden Ring to know that you at one point you thought that, that was the map, and you're like, nope, that's it. Just is a tiny little square of what is eventually going to be this enormous map i remember the first time you find like a little teleporter in the eastern part of limgrave and it puts you somewhere it it, it makes the map huge because all of a sudden you're just like at the bestial sanctum and it's way far from anything else and it uncovers all this stuff and you're like whoa this game is way bigger than i thought it was going to be um and it really is one of the best maps ever i love it i have Uh, one more yeah go ahead it doesn't really count, but um, and maybe it's controversial because a lot of people did not like this game. But um, in in Detroit Become Human, mm. I count the flow charts as like a different type of map. It's like a <laughs> narrative map, essentially. And man, I obsessed over those flow charts because it actually does indicate to you if you haven't explored enough of a certain level, what you may have unlocked, like, you know, new narrative paths or options that you can unlock because of that flow chart. So I really like the addition of like a narrative map like that. Sounds interesting. I didn't get to talk to talk talk about Breath of the Wild yet, so I think I need that time. (laughs) Well, I was I mean, I was gonna say, yeah, that was I wanted to mention that one because I to me, the map in the world in Breath of the Wild is like the main character. Like Woohoo Island and Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, the thing I wanted to specifically point out is that in, in that the map is a real item, it's on your you know, your, your whatever tablet mm-hmm. and um, you do a really cool thing in that game where you go to a high place, you look through, 
you know, the tablet is a sort of telescope. And then you mark a, a point on the 3D world and that translates to your map. And it's really cool. Like the, that, the fact that the game has this sense of like, you're pointing at this point on the mountain that you're seeing. And if you move like, you know, 30 feet over, it's actually, you know, triangulating a different point. It's hard to explain, but you're, you're actually choosing a place on in 3D that becomes a point in your 2D map. And it does that so seamlessly. And so in a, such a cool way, I, I just love it. Yeah. Also, then, it tracks your footsteps the entire game. And oh, you can that is so them. cool. That was so awesome. That blew my mind when I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little <laughs> path. And you're like, I never even saw this entire mountain, you know, mm-hmm. you just go there and be like, Oh, there's a giant, you know, uh, a goblin if, fight here or something. If Elden ring had one of those, that would be amazing. I was watching somebody yes, live stream would. the game the other day and they, they started from the beginning and they fought the like beast master guy, which is uh, at a cave just North of that first church. Mm-hmm. I'd never, never heard of that guy. Never seen him before, never anything. Because the game is just if so you, massive. It's so easy to just pass that cave. If you had followed along with IGN's walkthrough, it would have led you it would have been one of the one of the things to do first. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um yeah, as big as Breath of the Wild is, that game is 13 gigs. It's, it's yeah. crazy to me. I right, the final thing I wanted to shout out is uh Ghosts and Goblins in Castlevania. The original Castlevania yes. on NES. So cool seeing like the whole the map of the whole world you know, ahead of time to like, sort of like see where you're going. It made it seem like so much more of an adventure than other games at the time. And I would totally try to draw out my old video game maps in the same way. I was just going like, to say, I used to draw mm-hmm. that exact map. I yeah. remember like a specific memory in like an after school program when I was a little kid, like yeah. having Nintendo power and then like trying to write my own levels on like graph paper or whatever it was. That was like that side sideways view of a yeah. you know, level. Good question. Drawing your own maps mattered more in Castlevania 2 and 3 because 3 had splintered. 2 is not you know, possible. You kind of choose where you went. <laughs> two is not, what? 2 is impossible. Two, two, it's not. Two, it's yeah. funny. Like Nintendo Power did. Well, shout out to Nintendo Power for making awesome paper maps early on, by the way. They always had a poster, mm-hmm. and free, frequently the back of that poster was a world map for a game. And the Simon's Quest one was like a hand drawn, like, you know, like world and then it was just like kind of arrows showing like these things yeah. connect to each other but like in reality it's just like you just walked and left really long for a really long time <laughs> and that brings us to video game 20 questions our suggestion this week comes from the listener in puerto rico cool. let the questioning begin Bad, badass name yeah that's that's pretty cool that's like a Christopher Nolan <laughs> name. <laughs> Puerto Rico is a badass place too. I would love to go. Um, all right. Is this an open world game? Yes. Nice. Have we mentioned this game on this podcast? No. Well, I'm we're not only about like, yeah. Yo, that eliminates. <laughs> I only remember Breath of the Wild talking about it on this podcast, so never mind. It eliminates nothing. <laughs> Uh, a very short memory. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with podcasting. Uh, did d- d- this come out after 2010? <laughs> no. Mm. Part of a series? No. Oh. Cool. No. Tough one. I'm sorry, you said it was open world or not? Yeah. Yes. It is open world. Not part of a series. Is it from this millennium? Yes, that's five. So a 2000s game. Nope. Not part of a series open world. Is it when it launched? Was it a platform exclusive? 
Yes. Nice. Should we drill down one? It could just be a GTA. Or or Red Dead. True that. Because they were all PS2 things to begin with. I was going to mention GTA's maps, too, so a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. those. Well, I was going to oh, bring yeah. that up, too, just because they have the mini maps were like they those predated GPS. Like, that's mm. crazy. Mm. We were using GPS before GPS is in our cars. Mm. So cool. <laughs> um, is this a Rockstar game? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Here we go. And you guys All right. the right questions. To start but it's not part so, of a series. Oh, maybe it's is bully. it the original? Oh, smart. Yeah. Cool. What else uh, could it be? Really? What else? Did, right. what's yeah. like if it's Rockstar, it has to be. OK, does the game take place at a school? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, dude, we got that so fast. Do the honors. All right. Yeah, do it. All right. Uh, is this bully? Yeah, that was nine questions. Nice. Wow. That's definitely it a makes recent up for the record. last couple yeah. times I've been on. Because yeah. holy smokes, it's been it embarrassing. A recent <laughs> record. Yeah, bully. 2006 on PlayStation 2 uh, came to 360 and Wii and PC in 2008. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this recently because we were kind of talking about Hogwarts Legacy and, and how it was. Oh, the school setting thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually um, started playing this game for the first time a few years ago. Uh, So it's kind of incredible. This is coming up on scoop, but um, already just such an amazing experience holds up by today's standards, mostly because there isn't another bully and everybody's still, you know, trying to begging for it. But uh, in lieu of one, it it definitely Mm -hmm. still holds up. Yeah. I've never played bully. Me neither. I would like to play it. Is there like a, um, is there any, up-resed or cleaned up version or do you just kind of just pick up the ps2 one basically well there's a 361 that would be um i guess i don't know i guess it would oh, sorry be was that the 360 era and was that when PC? it came out remember i said it came to ps2 in 2006 and then it oh, came to 360 then, okay, so, you go. so that one would be the, mm. the one you're saying is HD. okay the prettiest one is probably uh on, in 2016 it was released on ios yeah that's probably oh, the best looking version. okay oh though, so it's Kind of how they did with Grand Theft Auto, like because yeah, those cool. are like those games are kind of their own beasts. It's still GTA Three, but it's like GTA on phone, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they work well, and the controller works for GTA at least. So might be a good way to play it if you have like an iPad. Yeah, yeah. Rockstar was such a good call. Good guys, good good job, guys. Nicely job. Yeah. Wow. Seriously, mm-hmm. nice job yeah. indeed. Well, Mark, we have some time for our extracurricular activities. If you want to, <laughs> uh, you need a shoulder to cry on. They have to wait a few months I to can't. see Bullet Train. That game looks, or that movie looks awesome, man. I, I agree. I'm really excited so, for it. <laughs> I love action movies. It's I love John Wick and I love Brad Pitt. So I'm this all right. That, this is that very Double Dragon looking movie with Brad. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like dragon. on my train, and it's like it's I, I, I gotta say, I'm sick of that trailer. I feel like I've seen that trailer at like every movie, so I'm fine with that. But uh, I'm really sad. Yeah, we we try to turn podcasts beyond and do like an entertainment podcast every so often. We talked about Severance for like two months straight on that podcast. I like a lot of people to watch it. I like what I've seen of Severance. My wife does not like it. So Ah, I I have to like find time to watch it on my own. You have to solo it. Um, Damon, let me solo Severance. Yeah, let me tell us. Can you can you can you name a a brawling beat 'em up game that's first level starts on a train 
specifically on top of a train. And it's one that you and I have played together in the arcade. Is it a bad dudes? That's right. It's bad dudes. <laughs> Got it in one. I think, I think, uh, the train, a new record. <laughs> I think the train is level two. But is it? Two. Yeah. That's surprising. Cause I remember you and I were like, let's play bad dudes. And we're like, this is going to be great. And then we played it for like five minutes. And I was like, I can't play this anymore. <laughs> I, I think I only like it. Cause I had it for the NES as a kid. Yeah. The president remained unsaved. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Has anyone finished Ozark? I'm sorry. No, I've only watched season one. Okay, well, I'm the, watching it's over now. Right now, it's over right now, and I think mm. the last season's very bad. Well, I was going to say I've heard that it did not yeah. stick the landing. They did not so stick they, the landing. They didn't there. give me. It was well, like, I've avoided hours of show now. That's great. It's like <laughs> it has a lot of the whole show has a lot of similarities to Breaking Bad. So this was kind of like Netflix yeah. is Breaking Bad, but mm. the way it ends is a good reminder that this is not Breaking Bad. Mm. <laughs> okay, That's so has anybody watched? Is, has anybody watched Barry? Yeah, I'm watching that one right now, season three. <laughs> so I'm almost done with season one, and I have to admit, I don't get the point. Mm. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to push through. Is it worth it to push through? Like, I'm not hating it. I just don't get the point. I don't understand what's like so appealing about it. So I actually, when I first started watching it, I fell off about midway through season one and then season Mm -hmm. three, you know, started to come out uh, recently and people were talking about it again. So I rewatched season one, caught up, and now I'm on season three with everyone else at pace. And I think it it gets a little like you get into the genre a little bit more because it's both goofy in the premise in general and how it starts and like what you might expect from some of those actors. Uh, but it gets a lot more serious and a lot more dark. And then it's a balance of kind of some of the more emotional mm. backdrop stuff. So it gets a little bit uh, deeper into that side of things. I'm enjoying it. It's, that show sounds it's short episodes. Hmm? That's good. Short episodes. Last, last, mm-hmm. last, last one for me. I just finished what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. Yeah. I well, loved it. If I can rewatch that show endlessly, so that's yeah. cool that you're watching that. But scoop I really classic. did like, um, yes, yeah, real scoop, Jim. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. If you can, uh, if you make it through the first couple of episodes, I really recommend Our Flag Means Death. It's the you'll. That's what I've heard. Yeah, you'll yeah. see some similar. It's similar. It's the cast, right? So you like you'll see some of the same people. Like mm. did both, and he's amazing in Our Flag Means Death. And it goes in, in some places where you wouldn't expect. Uh, I just finished that myself. I really, really uh, have been watching some bad Star Treks, like bad. <laughs> like just Wait, are you there. are you watching Strange New Worlds? Yeah. I'm watching Strange New Worlds, and I like it. Yeah, I watched the first episode; it was fantastic. And the second one, oh, okay. I'm going to watch tonight. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also have the watched second one ready to go. Other Star Trek either. series recently, including <laughs> the cartoon I missed. So. Why are they so, so strange? Star Trek shows strange now? New Worlds is the only Star Trek I've ever watched. I've, I've picked a weird time to come in. <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. I, I was like, I don't know what Star Trek's supposed to be, but this seems totally fine to me. I've seen the like movie, the J.J. Abrams movie, but I've never watched any of the shows. But I, I like Strange New Worlds. If you like Mass Effect, you're gonna like this new Star Trek series because mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the show that I do recommend is Tokyo Vice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were talking about that. Mm. It's on HBO. And it's a true-ish story based on a true story. Uh, it's set in the 90s in Tokyo in uh, Kabukicho, in Shinjuku, very, an area I've hung out in a whole lot. And uh, an, an American journalist got a job at a big newspaper in Tokyo to investigate Yakuza, which is a crazy yeah. story. <laughs> and we have a connection to this guy, Jake Edelstein, that is based on the show's based on his book, Hair knows him, and I wow. actually I actually interviewed him 
11 years ago in a video about how accurate is the game Yakuza. Funny. And now, and now this guy's story is a show on HBO called Tokyo Vice. Ah. It's good. Ah. I recommend it. Uh, it's like, it's, it's an interesting look at, you know, if you're interested in Tokyo. Damon go. Damon's, oh, no. Damon's gone. Oh man. Did my, well, maybe my well, we can hear you camera died. Okay. So now I have to do my sign off. <laughs> Everybody Actually, lip read while he does that. Who can do my sign off for me? Uh, oh, Tina's done it. I, yeah. How, okay. how does it go? Um, that's all the scoops we have for you. Yeah. That's, that's all, all the scoops all we have for you this week. Don't forget. You can reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com. Um, Thank you, Damon. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Medina. Thank you, Alan, working behind the scenes. My name is Tina Amini, and we're out. Wow. Did I do it? Did Perfect. I forget anything? Here. Perfect. <laughs> I think my camera died. Yeah. We don't even need Damon. <laughs> that was incredible. I can't believe that just programmed in there. Once you've That's done good. it a few times, I'm like, wait a minute. Is that everything? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. I'm still here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We can, we can still Hatfield. talk about TV shows. I, I can go on. Yeah, we can talk about Halo all day. I'm not up to speed on that one this week, but a bunch of headlines spoiled some stuff about that episode. So I'm Not even started it. Not our headlines. I mean, oh, really? Sure okay, it yeah. hasn't been spoiled for me yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm sure it's like, you know, a fraction of the episode, but still I was like, oh, so that happens in the episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, is this podcast over? We yeah, it's over. <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.